Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question, how do I become a saint? Today's episode is titled, Seeking Sanctity in a Secular Society. To be honest, the last few weeks I've been at a loss for words. It's been hard for me to really put my thoughts on paper and also verbally say how I'm feeling. It's funny, one of my favorite bands, Secular Song, has been going through my head. And I want to share with you the lyrics. If you've ever listened to Bastille, you might have heard their song Warmth. The first verse says, never good, just the bad and the ugly, laid in front of you, nothing quite like seeing the world through the TV's window. Feeling helpless, I look for distraction. I go searching for you, wandering through our city to find some solace at your door. I can't stop thinking about it. Tell me, did you see the news tonight? Hold me in this wild, wild world. I'll stop there. But I think these lyrics are perfect for this topic that we're speaking about this evening. Seeking sanctity in a secular society. In today's world, we're constantly hearing about the bad and the ugly. Division is right in front of us. And for most of us, We're just seeing it through the TV's window or our phone screen or reading it in an Instagram post or a Facebook post. There's a feeling of helplessness and we look for distraction or we go and look for solace at people who are like-minded. And what happens when we get together with our friends? We talk about, did you see the news tonight? This evening, I have with me Ana Ladiero, who's a friend of mine from college. Ana and I are here to discuss how do we live a sane life? How do we continue to seek holiness in a society that honestly preaches anything but? So thank you, Ana, for being on this evening. Hi, Brendan. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited for this this talk, but I will first introduce Anna. Anna is an editorial producer for Newsmax TV. She is living in the DC area and she contributes ideas and content for a fun show called Spicer and Co. And she believes that Mother Angelica and Fulton Sheen have a lot to say on this topic and the world that we live in. She studied clinical psychology and she played soccer at Franciscan University of Steubenville. In her free time, she enjoys podcasts, learning new recipes, tennis, and spending time with her great family. The tennis part, she's actually very good. And the last time I played her in tennis, I tore my meniscus, so still not healed. I uh, will never forget that. So thanks a lot, Anna. Sorry, Brendan. Yeah, I know it's not your fault. You're just really good. So if you could uh, lessen that. But anyway, let's get to the topic at hand, Anna. We are here, as I said, 
to talk about seeking sanctity in a secular society. Can you start by just sharing your story and how we got to this topic and how you personally seek sanctity in, in this world? Of course. Um, so I am, I was raised in Northern Virginia and I was raised in a really devout um, Catholic family where we grew up praying the rosary every day. We would wake up and the first thing we do is say our morning offering. Um, and then usually go to 8.30 mass depending on if it was the summer. Um, the high school that I went to, Seton High School, um, is in Manassas, Virginia. And we had mass twice a week as well as rosary. Uh, and it was, it was a great, great childhood. Uh, I then went to Franciscan University where I met Brendan. And again, was around wonderful Catholics. Uh, and from there, I moved back to D.C., where I started uh, my career. And since then, I've worked, uh, I started working for a healthcare company when I first graduated. Um, and then I worked for EWTN for three years, and now I'm here. And um, I guess when it comes to my faith and how I've kind of stuck to living it out through all of these different parts of my life, um, I was telling Brendan kind of before this while we were just chatting a bit, um, Daily Mass has been basically what I've, what I've gone to and what I've tried to go to on, um, every day. Um, it's really, really nice in Northern Virginia. We're blessed with uh, tons of different churches with 6.30 Mass all the way to 7.30 p.m. Mass in Ceritas. So um, there's a huge abundance of Masses, and it's, you kind of almost feel bad if you aren't able to make it to a Mass. There's also like three or four noon Masses around here as well. Um, so definitely had the challenges, right? Like anybody has the challenge of sticking to your routine of your, your normal daily plan of, of life and the spiritual life. Um, but I will say that daily mass has really kept me on track, um, as well as having, having great friends and a great support system, um, and being part of a great church. I, uh, I go to St. Charles Borromeo right in Arlington, and there's a really good young adult community, um, that Brendan also kind of ran as well. So I know that was a little bit all over the place, but I've, uh, I think I'm just like any other normal person. I, I struggled daily with, with trying to keep up the, the norms of the spiritual life, but I, uh, every day is a struggle, but yeah, so that's my story. Well, thank you. Yeah. I think one of the things that you mentioned, you know, daily mass is something that in the Northern Virginia area is very accessible. Um, and I, I agree with you. I don't think you can stress it enough that there is great worth in that. Um, Father Richard Davis, who's a TOR, you might remember him on a from Franciscan. Yeah. One of the things he would always say um, during his homilies and even afterward, um, before the closing prayer, he would always talk about the Eucharist and he would say, it is food for the journey. I, I love that. And it was funny. I was at mass this week for Corpus Christi and our bishop mentioned that multiple times in his homily. Food for the journey. Uh, how true is that? So well, to, go ahead. Say that. It's interesting to say that because um, as well as, as Holy Mass, right, is, is adoration, which I know, Brendan, um, you do. And um, being able to sit in adoration and really uh, think and contemplate the mystery of, of the Catholic faith and of the gift um, having Christ right there and being able to sit there and really just be at peace, turn your phone off. Um, even if you just make a five minute visit, 
having that time with Christ is really um, good and necessary because to be able to be out in the world, you have to first have a strong interior life. So I will say that that is um, an interior life is something that I kind of daily try to work on and better with obviously with struggles. Um, but I will say that when I am able to kind of take at least 10 minutes, even if I can't go to mass that day, at least I can walk over to St. Charles and make a visit for 10 minutes. Wow. Does it really um, just kind of reset your mind and, and refocus you on what's important? Amen. Amen. And I, and I think you'd, you'd be perfect to, to speak to this in, in a society like the one that we're in today, as I mentioned earlier, it's so, it's so divisive. Um, and for you, you work in, in politics, which we don't need to get into that. But if you could just speak, how do you keep your peace of mind? And, you know, we talk about mass and you're talking about adoration. Um, and as I mentioned, the divisiveness, when you look at our society today, it just seems like everyone is on a short fuse. Everyone's mad about something, Catholics and non-Catholics alike. And as long as I've known you, Anna, uh, you seem to have that peace of mind about you. And I think you would have to, to be able to work in politics and to keep a level head. So to that point, what is it that you think uh, allows for you to, to be at peace um, in the strife that is, that is our world? Well, I will say that um, I'm not always at peace. So thank you if, if, if you get that, if you get that feeling, but I'm definitely not. Um, I would say being able to um, kind of realize that, right, we're all in this world and that the news media runs, runs kind of the narrative of what's going on in the world. But honestly, we know that um, we're, not, we're not meant for this world. And uh, to sort of kind of always remind yourself of that and keep that focus. But yeah, I work in the media. I work for... Um, for Sean Spicer for a really fun show where we cover news, all different types of news stories every day. And we're right in, in DC, literally right in front of the white house. So it's, uh, it's been really crazy with all of the protests and everything going on. And I literally have, um, yeah, it's overwhelming for sure. One thing that I've done is I've toned down my, my, uh, my usage of social media at night. That's one thing. So I've, I've, as of like two weeks ago, I deleted my Instagram. Um, so I'll probably, Redownload it in the next two weeks just because I, I, uh, depends. But, um, deleting my Instagram has really helped with keeping my focus and my, and my peace because I don't waste my time on that. And I don't also see what everyone's posting and kind of like the chaos. Um, but also just, just limiting my social media time other than my, my obvious time at work and focusing on the important things like, um, prayer and family and seeing your friends and living out your responsibilities and realizing that like, yeah, we're all fallen, right? We're all fallen. And also like when it comes to the media and journalism, like kind of reading multiple sources, if you, if you are like, I can't believe this is actually happening. How is this, how is this happening in the world right now? Look at other sources and maybe see if the media is pushing one narrative and, and there is maybe a, a brighter side because usually there is a little bit of a brighter side. Um, but anyway, so those are kind of my tips, but I will say that it is a daily struggle because it's hard to not be bombarded by all of the, the news, especially when you live in kind of in Arlington DC area where I live. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, one of the things you had mentioned in your bio, you talked about Fulton Sheen and mother Angelica. Is there anything that those two now, 
if you're not aware of who they are. Mother Angelica is the found, founder of EWTN, and Fulton Sheen, uh, God willing, will be canonized sometime soon. Hopefully. Um, is a one-time archbishop, correct? Archbishop in, the, in New York. And so both of them are, are known for their work in media, um, but also just having fiery personalities in, this, in the sense of fighting for truth and pursuing truth. To that point, is there anything that you uh, can share that you've learned from them? Any insights for, for the listeners at home? Well, it's funny. I worked, um, when I worked at EWTN before Newsmax. I was there for three years and it was a wonderful experience. Um, but I grew to love Mother Angelica just because um, of her willingness to call out different people throughout the time, right? So at one point it was the bishops. At other points it's different priests. At other points it's just people. When Mother Angelica does her sit-downs, right, where she sits with the audience, she just takes and answers questions. Just hearing her and seeing her witness of like, speaking the truth and not being afraid of that. I think I just, I love that because you see people um, too afraid these days to stand up and speak the truth. And um, some other Angelica was just, was just phenomenal. Um, her whole story is and Fulton Sheen. I mean, I think it was, it was in, uh, I think it was in the fifties when Fulton Sheen was like number one, like the number, I think it was number one, number one host of uh, uh, TV or radio. He was like the number one host. So everyone was listening to Fulton Sheen, which is incredible when you think about it, right? Because you can't even compare it to anything anyone's listening to now. You know what I mean? Like, you're not, but like when you listen to Fulton Sheen speak about, about the virtues, about femininity, about like being a wife, right? About marriage, about everything. Fulton Sheen's clarity and like peace of mind and strength is, uh, is really encouraging, right? So I guess that's another thing that can kind of, if you're uh, if you're feeling down about the current times and society and where everything's going, um, look at look at the powerhouses like Mother Angelica and Fulton Sheen, and and they never gave up. Right when they were struggling, they continued to push. Um, so look at them, read about them, listen to their go look at Mother Angelica's YouTube videos and listen to Fulton Sheen's talks and read their books. Um, so anyway, that's kind of um, yeah. Throughout my time in media, I've really I've been able to just learn about them. And one other thing about EWTN is one of the coolest things about working there um, was we would get emails from different listeners um, just saying, I listened to this radio show this morning or I watched Mother Angelica and um, I started praying the rosary more and then I ended up like talking to a friend and they ended up converting. So it's really beautiful. It was, it was really beautiful to be able to see the amount of conversions and an impact that Mother Angelica had on everyone. Um, so, oh yeah, no, I, I recently read, this was probably two, three months ago. I read her biography that's written by Raymond Arroyo. Yes. And I mean, I'll be honest with you all who are listening to this before I read that book, she was the woman who I thought only skill was to make the rosary an hour TV event. You know, I'm, I'm just being honest. I, I had no, I had no love for, for mother Angelica. I didn't know anything about her, but I just knew she prayed the rosary really slow and I wasn't a huge fan. And then I read this book and 
If you don't know anything about her, I highly suggest reading this biography because she, to what, to what Anna's talking about, you know, you talk about truth and how important it is. I mean, she spoke truth. And then with that, she had this level of trust that I think is in a lot of ways unmatched, un uncanny, unparalleled. I mean, this woman, every day of her life, woke up not knowing where things were going to go, but just trusted that God was going to take care of her. And if you're wondering, he did. I mean, this is one of the craziest things. When she was at EWTN, as long as she was in charge, she did not have a budget. Which is so crazy. Think about this. This is a multi-million dollar company. And they didn't have a budget because Mother Angelica didn't believe in them because she believed in divine providence. Now, I'm not saying every company should work like that because it, it takes faith like Mother Angelica's for it to work like that. But it's beautiful. And I mean, I think you're looking to be a saint. Trust in our Lord is definitely uh, one of the things that you, you need to have. So I... The book, is the book, Brennan, is the book called Mother Angelica, The Remarkable Story of a Nun, Her Nerve, and a Network of Miracles? Yes. That's it. Okay, by Raymond Royal. Yeah, I will, uh, when I share this on the podcast, I will include the link to that book if you want to buy it on Amazon. So, Raymond Arroyo, if you get any royalties from this talk, you can uh, send those my way. I just wanted to say one other thing about EWTN is that, um, yeah, like donations, right, which is incredible. But also to, to look at the impact and to see their growth. Right now there's an EWTN um, office in Africa. There's an EWTN UK, right? So internationally, they have a huge presence and they continue to grow. They have a Rome office where they do live hits every day right next to the Vatican. So, um, yeah, Mother Angelica was an amazing woman and her impact will continue to quite the legacy. Yes. And, you know, and, and to that point, too, one of the scripture verses that I wrote down uh, before as I was prepping for this, for this podcast was in this world, you will have trouble, but fear not. I've conquered the world. I think when we are looking at this society today, it can be so bleak and we can just start to worry. And the reality is, and you kind of mentioned this earlier on a, uh, maybe not in these words, but the battles aren't even won. Our Lord wins. So you can fear and you can, become despondent but the reality is our lord has won and will continue and so now it's a battle for souls um and as you talk about truth one of the biggest things that i have found myself reflecting on in our current state is this and you can disagree or agree with me but i think for many people in our society today we are more focused on people's emotional state and appeasing people than we are with their souls. We care more about feelings than souls. And that's what Satan wants. You can't disagree with someone if it's going to offend them or hurt them. And I think, you know, if you really want to be a saint in this society, you have to be okay with people thinking disagreeing with you and having misconceptions of you. You know, if someone calls you a terrible name and you're doing things the right way, 
you don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, truly, you don't need to worry about it. Look at the lives of the saints. Do you think they all just got by with no problems? St. Louis de Montfort, one of my favorite saints, and you might know this, Anna, maybe not. I, I love sharing this. He was kicked out of seven different dioceses in France. This is a saint, y'all, and this guy had seven bishops say, get the heck out of my diocese, don't come back. Why? Because they couldn't handle how holy a man he was. And then multiple times they asked him to come back because they knew they could, they could see his holiness. It just was too much for them. So if someone disagrees with you, just know that doesn't automatically mean you're, you're doing something wrong. Go ahead, Anna. Well, it's funny. Um, Louis de Montfort was, was great. And actually I have a nephew who is about a month old and his name is Louis after Louis de Montfort. So Anyway, um, very happy. Love the name and the saint. But um, on that note, just about the saints, right? Like St. Catherine of Siena, another, another strong saint, right? At age seven, she was basically had a vision that she, um, she was going to be this holy, holy woman and give her life to Christ. And um, I was listening to this podcast yesterday, and, and uh, it was on Doctors of the Church. It was the, the Biding, Abiding Together podcast, and they were talking about Catherine of Siena. And um, they said that, uh, she would travel around, I guess, with priests, right, to hear people's confessions. And the power of her words, right, were so important. And people were so um, attracted to her and her words. Um, and her heart was, was so filled with love, right? So people were so captivated by her um, that they would, like, be drawn to the confession line and drawn to her talks because of her. So priests at some point were like, we can't like you need to stop because like confession is going to keep on going forever because you're just like talking and people are so attracted to you. And I thought it was so funny because, um, how cool, right? Like how cool to have someone who's like so surrendered to Christ that mm. just having her, her there talking, right? Like speaking to people, developing that, that relationship of, of truth, um, is really attractive. So her heart was oh, so, Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, too, to that point, you're right. It's, it's attractive, you know, for, for us, if we're truly living it out, um, there will be opposition. But the fact remains that truth is attractive. It's, it's beautiful. And people will notice that if they have the smallest semblances of humility in their life, then they're going to be attracted to that. They're going to be drawn to it. And I think yeah. that's something that we, we mustn't forget because there's, uh, there's, there's something great there. If we, if one we other thing, one other thing, Brendan, I was just thinking about when like, cause I, like, like this whole podcast, right? Like gotta be saints. like when we need ideas and, and inspiration and, and we think about the saints, right? We think about like, we live in the 21st century. Most of us have iPhones. Most of us, we were talking about this yesterday. Most of us live in apartments. Like none of us live on the, like people listening to this podcast, I assume have, are able to live and have at least water and a shower every day, right? Like we are so lucky. Some of the saints, the struggles that they had to deal with, right? Like terrible. Um, and when you think about like, we're so lucky, but when you think about kind of how you can grow, and kind of learn from them, like read about their stories and read about what they went through and um, like just read about them. And yeah, that's, that's it. 
No, yeah, no, you're right. And, and with that comes, comes prayer and sacrifice. You look at the lives of the saints. How did they come to live out that, that life of holiness? You know, prayer and sacrifice is a big part of it. As you talk about the struggles they dealt with, you know, some of it was uh, not necessarily desired. Um, and it was just, yeah. but it was received. St. Louis de Montfort talks about crosses. And I, I don't have the quote in front of me, but I can paraphrase it. But as he talks about crosses, and if you're looking for the source, it's uh, Love of Eternal Wisdom, one of his books. He speaks about saying that you and I never need to go seeking crosses. I think there's this misconception sometimes that, you know, to be truly holy, we need to be miserable and deal with hardships. That's not true. That's not what God wants for you or me or for anyone. But he talks about crosses and he says, when you receive a cross, how you receive it is what's important. Do you receive it with disdain, anger, resentment, or do you receive it with love? Do you receive it and say, Lord, thank you for this cross, which I know for many of us, that's, that's a hard concept to understand. How would, it, how would I receive something <laughs> hard and say, thank you, Lord? But Lord. that's where we have to remember our suffering is redemptive. And our Lord never gives you or I more than we can handle. And so his mentality behind that, receiving the cross uh, with love, is something to, to reflect on. And, and to that point, I do, I want to share one quick story about him. So when he was in France, he would do parish missions because he was a missionary priest. And he found himself building this life-size Calvary in one of the towns there in, in France. And it started with just the town. And then all of these people heard about it. And, you know, France in the 1700s was very Catholic. And so people were coming in droves to the point where they had thousands of folks there working on this project to build this life-size Calvary. They had gotten approval from the bishop. They had the date set for when it was going to be consecrated. And one of the local priests didn't like Father de Montfort. And out of jealousy, convinced the bishop to shut it down. So the day of the consecration for this, he gets a note that says that it's, it's a no-go. You have to shut down this, this whole project that you're doing, which you and I both know. This project was being done to give glory to God and to help us sinners reflect on the passion of our Lord. And yet, the, I share the story because of Father de Montfort's response oh my after after all this had happened and after he'd found that you know he has to go before all these people these thousands of people that are there to tell them why it wasn't happening and he goes up and not out of anger doesn't say anything negative about the bishop gets up and says brothers and sisters we've built this calvary here physically and Due to unforeseen circumstances, we're going to take it down. But remember, the Calvary has been placed on our hearts. Can you imagine spending wow. all your time and energy, all these people, finally to get to that moment that you think is the culmination of your hard work? It's been put before you. And then to respond with such humility, knowing that it was never about that, it was about what was being done on your heart. I, I think that's something for me to reflect on. I try to reflect on it constantly. When I find myself complaining, I look at that story and I'm like, 
man, Lord, wouldn't it be great to be that humble and that just resigned to your will? But yeah. anyway, I don't, wow. I think it's a beautiful story. Yeah. So I, I just want to ask you uh, one more question before I go to the two final questions, uh, which just go with our podcast. Uh, in your opinion, what is the biggest hurdle or what are the biggest hurdles for you and I to live a holy life? Um, it's funny. I was thinking about this yesterday and I don't know if it's because of the, my, my profession and my job. And, um, but I would say noise, right? Like, like noise, like, first of all, all of these social media, like all like Instagram, Snapchat, which I never had, thank God, but like all of these different apps that keep your I'll mind. stop sending you snaps. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Awkward. We're it's been a long time. I haven't been ignoring you. Um, but I, yeah, I just think noise and I'm, and the reason I, that came to me is because I think that's the biggest thing that I struggle with is like turning again, turning it off and being able to focus on, on Christ. Um, but it's also, it's also interesting because like, um, a lot of people communicate through text and through Instagram, this side into your DMS or whatever. And it's like, wait, let's go on a walk. And I, and I will say that one thing during this, this whole pandemic, and I have been social distancing, um, but it's, it's been an opportunity to, um, to kind of sit back and, and think and reflect a little bit right? And not be attached so much to, to all of the, uh, the noise, right? And I know, again, that it hasn't been an easy time for people, but it has been nice because it has, it has I think, made me a little bit more reflective. Um, but yeah, noise is definitely, um, I think, my struggle. Um, and then one other thing, I think also, um, just comparison, right? Like not being not being happy with yourself and, and everything that God has, has given you and, and everything that you're so blessed to have. Um, so see, those are, I mean, there's other ones, but I'd say those are kind of the two big ones that I think about when I think about struggling. Well, I love that you said that because as I said earlier, you know, I have some notes in front of me and one of the things that I had written just this morning was, you know, I was going through what are ways that uh, we can become more that, that person that we're supposed to be. How do we become that saint? And noise was one of the first things I wrote. And oh my gosh. I said, noise needs to turn to silence. Yes. And then I said, talking needs to turn to listening. Politics, talk more about religion. Focus on self, focus more on others. Uh, leisure, look towards service. You know, just these little things that if we just did that half the time, you know, if we yeah. switched and just made little, little, little changes in our life, we're going to see big, big change that is, is going to be very positive, but it's just making that effort and but again, willing to do it. I think it's, but you're right. And I think like having that, again, that 10 to 15 minutes set aside every day where you're reflecting on a Bible verse or, or something or reading or whatever really sets your mind at peace and makes you realize again, what, what's important. Right. And, and it makes you prioritize, prioritize that. And, um, yeah, setting aside time without the noise really helps you 
So, yeah, I agree. Amen. Well, those are, I think that's a good, uh, a good spot to, to stop um, with this said topic. I will say I, I, did, I did watch the Tiger King. And, and how was it? Uh, it was good. It was good. It was, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't usually watch Netflix series, but I, it was just entertaining and I did watch that. So, um, but other than that, I've been, been pretty not as not as up on social media as I used to be. So oh, you didn't watch it. No, I don't have Netflix. Oh, so I'm, uh, Sorry, I was not able to to follow up with this Tiger King talk, but my uh, my next question for you, and these are one of my last two follow up questions. Well, one, I wanted to say thank you for for taking the time to talk about this topic. I think for each and every person, it's so essential to just just to be thinking about it. You know, if you're not thinking daily about sanctity, you're already behind the eight ball, guys, because we have to be. I mean, you can't be something that you're not thinking about. If you wanted to make it to the NBA, you couldn't not touch a basketball. You would need to. Same thing, if you, whatever job you want to do, whatever you want to do in life, you have to be constantly pursuing that goal. And the same thing goes with sanctity. Um, so to that point, you know, one of my uh, follow-up questions is, what is your Mount Rushmore of Saints? And to that point, I asked this question because this is a great um, thing to reflect on. You talked about the importance of just looking at the lives of the saints and reflecting on them. So who are those saints for you that you kind of look at as examples to follow? So I have um, majority woman, actually. First, um, St. Catherine of Siena, we spoke about before um, for just her, her outspokenness and, and, and holiness. Um, and then St. Gianna Mola, um, who's my confirmation saint, uh, who, um, again, just a beautiful example of, of living out her faith, right? She, um, she's a doctor, she was Italian Catholic, had a beautiful marriage. Um, and she had three kids and her, well, she had four kids, right? And her fourth child, um, the birth was difficult and she refused an abortion, hysterectomy, uh, and actually had the child and then died um, after that. So, um, anyway, she, I just think she's phenomenal. Uh, and then Maximilian Colby, amazing, just incredible. When you think about, whenever I think about complaining about anything in life, I'm like, I'm going to think about seeing Maximilian Colby because that will set me straight. Uh, and then Joan of Arc, um, because what an amazing, what an amazing woman led, led the French army. Uh, I think it was at age 17 and then she was burned at the stake at age 19. Um, so again, those are my, those are my people. Obviously there are other ones that I had in mind, but those are the four that I thought of, um, for this. Wow. I was really thinking that Jose Maria would get mentioned, but I guess, <laughs> I guess not. Wait, you were I, what? I was hoping for a little mention of Jose Maria Escriva, but it's I, let's, Okay. Jose Maria Escriva as well. Um, no, no, no. I can't add your saints. It's fine. Jose Maria, pray for her. I'm I'm just teasing you guys. That if you I love Jose Maria Scriva. Anna and I have talked about Jose Maria Scriva a lot, which is why I make that jest. And lastly, Anna, 
So one day when you're Saint Anolatiero, what are you going to be the patron saint of? Um, I've literally been struggling with this question. So I, I don't know, know Brendan. Listen, Brendan, I'm going to think about this and pray about it and then have me on again and I will let you know my answer, but I still don't know. So do you have an idea? No, I think that's between you and the Lord. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it could be uh, the patron saint of Italian dishes, the patron saint of a good bottle of wine, okay. the patron saint of media. I don't know. You've got so many options. Patron saint of soccer. Lots of things Thanks, to decide Brendan. on. But patron saint of beating tennis, Brennan and tennis. Okay. Just to preface, we never finished. We were only in. We'll have to play next. Time. We were only in the third game, and I tore my meniscus. And folks, it's still torn. Tore your meniscus. It's been about it's been about a year and a half, and it's still torn. So. Oh. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's coming up on two years. Oh my. A long time. But anyway, I digress. Clearly, thank you, Anna, for coming on this evening. It means a lot to me, and I think anyone who's listening is going to gain a lot from this episode. I think you shared a lot of good points, and uh, just, you know, your sincerity means a lot, too. I think people will gain something from that. Um, but before I let you go, do you have any final thoughts on this topic? Um, yeah, I just want to say it's a struggle, right? It's a struggle for everyone, so keep it up. Keep up the prayer life. and. Uh, Keep in touch with your friends. One well, sorry, another thing that I didn't really mention before, but I just want to say like friendship, right? Like having good friendships and being good friends. I think there's a lot in that. Um, and yeah, so that's it for me. Thank you so much, Brendan. It was really fun. Yeah, I had a blast. And I, as you said, you know, next time I would love to have you on again and again. So, yeah, yeah. and you can hold me to it slash I'll hold you to it because I'll just, tell you you have to come back on okay so once again thank you Anna and as you listeners at home might know I usually um, have a sponsor that is fake uh, I've decided that it is in my best interest to not make up sponsors anymore <laughs> um, due to probably some legal trouble that I could get in if this was a show with any sort of fandom so there will be no sponsor if you or a friend wants to be a sponsor of an episode or your little company, let me know and we can uh, talk about that so I can plug you. But for tonight, there will be no sponsor except the great sponsor of Gotta Be Saints, t-shirt company. It's not really a t-shirt company, but that's what my friend calls it. Gotta Be Saints. Thank you once again, Anna. And thank you all those who listened. God bless and have a great day.